Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. On this podcast, I'm inviting you into my personal library to experience my favorite erotica. All of the volumes that I will read from are on my shelves. Each week, I will treat you to a piece of erotica, either my own or from one of my favorite authors. Some weeks, I will be joined by these amazing authors themselves, and you will have the chance to hear them read their own work. This podcast is being supported by my Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash Lori Beth Bisbee. For people who subscribe, you will have access to special interviews with authors and readings and also to special events. So grab your drink of choice, get comfortable, and enjoy a peek into my erotic world. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. And um, this week I've got a treat for you. I've got uh, Ralph Greco come back and he's going to read one of his latest stories, um, which has just been put out by Pink Flamingos. So I'm really excited about that. For those of you who don't remember, Ralph Greco Jr. is an SCAP licensed songwriter, professional playwright, senior East Coast correspondent, reviewer, and interviewer for VintageRock.com. Press liaison for the Erotic Heritage Museum, editor-in-chief for the Sex Files weekly column at short and sweet New York City, NYC.com, columnist for sexpert.com, blogger for latex designer Donna Matrix Designs, co-host of the naughty Licking Non-Vanilla podcast with M. Christian, wonderful podcast that is, and a professional copywriter for adult as well as mainstream clients around the world. Ralph's short fiction, erotic and straight, poetry and essays have been published in eight countries, in major, major market magazines and small press, in various anthologies and single author short story collections. Ralph's one-act plays have been as much been published in a complete collection as they have been produced across the United States. His self-penned, self-produced, salacious songs and dirty words theater show has been performed off-Broadway in New York City. Well, so off that the theaters were almost in New Jersey. Welcome to the show, Ralph. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Who is this Ralph guy? He sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's what happens when you write your own press. (laughs) I know, it's great, isn't it? So... So, 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 what have you got to read for us today? Uh, This is one of the stories that appears in my book called No Whip, No Problem. Um, Femdom stories, but um, what I try to do is make them a little different than the usual kitten with a whip kind of thing. And this is stories called The Conditioning of Jeremy. Cool. So if you don't mind, I think I'm going to give it a read. What do you think about that? Take it away. All right, here we go. This is called, like I said, The Conditioning of Jeremy. As if presenting me with the climax of a grand magic trick, Jeremy leaned back from his laptop with a flourish. Huddling at the back corner of our Elwood branch library at the second of four high partition desks, I watched as FetLife came alive and my best friend bid me lean forward with him to check his feed. As friends, the lanky guy sitting next to me and I were aces, and sure, he was attractive. Jeremy had a sweet, smooth, chubby cheek faced deep blue eyes, and from what I had heard from my ex-girlfriend of his, who told another girlfriend who I knew, a rather beautiful cock. But there are some people you are destined to fuck, or hope to, and others not. And the fact that I knew he was looking for a reaction from me routing around FetLife made Jeremy's full court press, as it always was where I was concerned, a little too desperate. 
But it was a rainy morning. We had no place else to be. And as I half-heartedly ran my eye down the web layout of pictures, one picture caught my eye. Who's that? I asked, pointing to the first thumbnail across a row of four newly posted four from member Timothy Lace. He's, he's some sissy dude. Damn if I know how I got to follow him. I, I think he's friends with my buddy Christine. So, you know, I get his postings because I friended him through her, you know, blah, blah, blah. I could see Jeremy's eyes running over a bunch of thumbnails from a rather big busted black chick a few lines up. But I was transfixed on what all I could see of Timmy. The pictures had especially caught my eye was one of them from the waist down, as they all were. His magnificently shaped legs shaved completely clean of hair, holding a pink petticoat slip over his hips and showing off his flaccid yet nicely sized cock. The incongruous, if that's the best word to use, uh, of the man's thick and muscled shaved legs, frilly petticoat and nicely sized sleeping cock gave me a tickle. Can you go to his profile? Really, Jeremy asked. He's turned slightly to me, as much surprised as titillated by my seeming interest. Yeah, why not? Jeremy clicked on Timmy's name, and we were taken to all manner of delicious pictures, again, all taken from the waist down, of the guy dressed in skirts, slips, heels, and thongs, either showing off his high little ass, again shaved. Maybe he waxed. He did look that smooth. Or facing the camera, showing off his, his dick. It was never hard, but looked good under his undies. Timmy Lace was really something. You like him? Yeah, the pictures are kind of hot, don't you think? I guess, you know, well, they don't even get you even a little, I asked. I, um, Gail, what I, my best friend said, looking for my tight smile, the pictures of Timmy gulping and looking back at me to offer. I guess it's kind of, I, okay, look, it's omit to, it's okay to admit it. It doesn't make you gay, I whispered, pointing a finger at a picture of Timothy Lace laying spread eagle on his bed, shaved smooth legs pinned wide his cock and big balls popping out from under red lacy panties, his feet dangling, matching red pumps off the side of the bed. I felt an even deeper jolt when I realized that Timmy had had to have had someone take this picture. The angle was too high. Not even a little, I said, and without even realizing I was doing so, I placed my hand on Jeremy's knee. I could see him trying not to focus too hard on what we were facing, trying to be cool with me touching him. I had touched him plenty of times before, just never sexually. Try not to digest that indeed the sissy boy from Akron, Ohio did look a little sexy and sweet. And that even though he was a resolutely hetero guy, Jeremy might get aroused from these pictures. Call you later, I said, standing with a shot. It was all I could do to lean in and kiss my buddy's cheek, sprint out of the library and get to my car without the quivering overtaking me. As I drove the 10 minutes home, a massive ideas converged in my mind, all of them making me so wet, I sprinted into the split ranch I live in with my folks, ran upstairs to my bedroom and furiously masturbated before I even managed to get my little ass into a long, hot shower where I masturbated some more. See, when I fuck a guy, I prefer to take him reverse cowgirl so I can concentrate on the ride above all else. I've been known to slip a couple of fingers high and hard into a man's anus when I blow him for a little extra helping. I like to masturbate sitting across from a man as he does the same, requesting he not come until I do. I knew what I wanted in my sex life, and when I met a man that I was attracted to, I usually went out of my way to get it, even if it meant me controlling the sex. What I wanted right then, something I damn well would control, included Jeremy in my sex life for the first time. The flicker of recognition that I noticed in my best friend's baby blues when we sat staring at Timothy Lace's pictures, Jeremy trying to fight even a smidgen of arousal as I pushed him to acknowledge it, had ignited the flame in me simmering since I pulled out of the library parking lot to until I was pulled my sweats up over after my shower. As I brushed my hair, trying to avoid looking at my rock hard nipples, I realized the naughty idea I was giving full birth to 
this early evening was something that might have even surprised Jeremy's fellow Fetlife brothers and sisters. This sweet, mind-fuckable idea of friendly exploitation of Jeremy's obvious lust for me, mixed with what we had both experienced pouring over those Fetlife steps, burned at me so much I had to throw the brush on my bed, lay down on my stomach, and begin humping my pillow. It took me just two minutes to come again. Library tomorrow, 11, I texted Jeremy on my come down. He had sent five texts since I had sprinted out of the library. This was the first I had sent him. Are you okay, he replied. Yes, tomorrow, library at 11, I asked again. Over what would be a succession of library meetups, I'd get Jeremy to join me at gazing at Timothy Lace's pictures, assuring him that doing so aroused me. Having always wanted to find a way to get in with me for a way to truly get in, Jeremy would, of course, agree to whatever daily online exploration I wanted to undertake. Since I'd only ever be reacting to men, he'd have to endorse looking at guys. I'd start with Timothy Lace, then maybe have him seek out other sissies, then maybe big, big dick studs, then possibly. And here was where the conditioning came in and something I could only hope for. Jeremy would begin to grow aroused looking with me at men. Sure, at the end of it, I finally fucked Jeremy. I mean, I grow hot as I cuddled up close to him daily and uh, searching those pictures there in the library. Uh, yes, I'd even, I'd even give him a shot. If Jeremy didn't succumb, simply sat with me bored, even with my hand creeping up his knees, I tended to manage from time to time. I'd still be surely getting off every time I got home from the library. How long would this take if it took it all? Who knew? But luckily... My folks were down for paying for my life as long as I was in school, maintaining a B-plus average and taking a handful of summer courses. And Jeremy's part-time jobs, the, the hours started three each day. We were both free early each day to do what we wanted. And this is what I wanted. I was envisioning a whole summer of conditioning Jeremy. And. Wow, that was cool. I like that. I like that Thank very you. much. Did you have fun writing it? Yeah, um, yeah, I did actually. I, what was fun about this book specifically was to come up with the ideas of approaching femdom from a, from a different angle, you know, not the usual uh, with the usual tropes. And uh, that one, I, I, I think, like I would say, I I'm not can't speak for you, but I would say most people that I know are into erotica. We love getting into the head of things, you know, the the the, the mental state and the and the interplay that way. So that what that's what makes these these specific kind of stories other than the you know the uh, insert slot A into slot B which is fine too. Makes it a little bit I don't know, it has a little deeper resonance to me. That's all. Yeah. I mean, you know, so I know that um one of the things that um one of my close well, one of my leather family said when um, she read my most recent book, which was a book of erotic stories, was that mm -hmm. it allowed her to understand some of the things I talked about that were kind of mental things that she hadn't mm -hmm. understood before because because she could get into it through the character. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and that makes that really does make it uh, have a more of a deeper meaning and, and, and goes and less, you know, longer with you. I think you take that away. Um, it's more than just, you know, he put her over his knee and spanked her bottom, which is right. absolutely fine. Um, and, but I think there's more, you know, we all, I would say most people know their sexuality is more than just that. And sometimes that's all it is and that's fine. But most of the time what we're looking for or thinking about or, or getting off about 
on ideas that are a little deeper and have a little bit more, you know, just a little bit depth to them, a deeper dive. Well, it's so, nuance, you know, which yeah. is something mm -hmm. I've been talking about a lot recently. Um, so on the 13th is the one year anniversary of the release of my erotic memoir. So oh, cool. for all of um, the next week from, from tomorrow on for a week, all I'm, yeah. everything I'm doing Every show I'm doing, every live I'm doing is going to be um, reading erotica from oh, cool. the, the the stuff that I put out in the last. Yeah. So some of it people will have heard before and I'll be recording some more for this show as well. And y'all will, will have heard, um, certainly will have had some of it earlier in the year, but um, we're doing this and giving away tickets to the virtual play party that we're holding on mm -hmm. the um, 30th of May. I'm going to give away a bunch of tickets. I've taken That's very cool. week, so people have to decide if they're going to, what lives they're going to come to. Right, right. Listen to, and I, I give away a couple of books. That's great. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Um, we're, we're still trying to find new and novel ways Mm -hmm. for people to engage right now um, mm -hmm. because uh, although the world's opening, it's certainly not open to the extent that it was uh, in the past. And, and, right, and right. realistically, we don't know when that's going to happen. No, I, I think you, we were, uh, you, another, another author you've had on uh, a few times, M. Christian, who was my partner at the podcast, we talk about this all the time, when and if and, and, and when, I, I, I'd rather stay when than if, but when things open up, we're, you know, we, we get back to where we need to get to what it's going to look like. We don't even know what it's going to look like. We don't know what book, what, what book tours or performances or readings. We don't even know what any of this stuff's going to look like. So like you said, it's good to set now to find alternate ways of doing things. Because well, we've been, so we've been fundraising to do this because we've been working on a platform that isn't Zoom. Mm -hmm. It allows people agency to move through. So um, it's it's got video proximity. So if you're close to somebody, you can see and hear them. And if you're far away from them, you cannot. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so the advantage of that is it does really set up a kind of party feel. Mm -hmm. you know, and if you're, you're not interested in something that's going on, you can go find something else to do, which like with Zoom events is always the hard part. Um, and some of the conferences I've attended where there aren't very many alternatives. So, you know, you don't have many alternatives and there's no space where you can just stand around chatting with somebody. Mm. And so mm. you're kind of stuck. Um, mm -hmm. This kind of gave us the opportunity to move around that. So um, we're in the process of creating a similar platform to the one that we have been using that's yeah. going to be dedicated to sex positive events, mm. uh, readings and book, you know, book yeah. announcements and um, pl play parties and munches and, you know, conferences related to sex and intimacy and classes and things like that, where, mm -hmm. where, where censorship isn't going to be an issue, where you're not going to have to worry that, you know, in the middle of your event, you know, the, the terms of service changed and suddenly you're not allowed to use the platform. Yeah, That's right. why we're developing our own platform. Yeah, but it was sense. one of the things that one of the things that we've been talking about is the fact that we think that um, there's going to be a lot of hybrid events when the world opens up. That one of the things that has come from doing virtual events it, that people don't want to lose is their the increase in numbers that comes from people coming from all over the world, mm. and um, the variety that comes from people coming all over the world, mm. which you didn't used to see at events 
you know, you had the odd person from overseas at American events, but it, it required significant funds in order to go and be at foreign interesting. events. That's an interesting perspective. You know, I, I think that I like to think that, and I, I'm always for like as much of whatever people want, great, you know, and whatever it happens to be. I like, I also like the idea like, well, there was 50 people at this club and that was it. Nobody else could get in and it was really exclusive and nobody else got to see the show. And I love that event. I love that idea too. So I, so I like both I like both ideas. I like the fact that if you whatever whatever the the market dictates basically, right? That's what it's about. The market dictates it, then it will then it'll happen. And, well, and I also, like the idea. Also it it makes makes certain things accessible that weren't accessible before, which is interesting. So mm -hmm. one of my friends one of my friends was like, what's the list of things that are different when you do a virtual event, right? It was sort of yeah. well, one of the things is that you can come anonymously. We're yeah. only where only the organizers know who you are, you keep your camera off and you can observe yeah, yeah. and you don't have to, you, you know, so if you're just starting out and you're anxious, you can engage that yeah. way. It gives you the opportunity to see a lot of stuff that you wouldn't see unless you ventured out and you can see it without people being in your space. And, and that I mean, certainly there, there's a group of women that have said that that was really comfortable because they didn't have to tolerate being hit on and stuff while they were learning something new, observing something new. They could build their courage before they entered an event. It just made it easier that way. Um, but the other thing that I thought was funny as hell is like whenever you go to an event, you know, you're in the play space and, and there's no food or drink in the play space and there's no smoking in the play space right, right. and all that. But when you're doing something like this, we're all in our own play spaces. So, you know, people have snacks. So I, I remember looking up in the middle of the scene and my friends were sitting on their couch, you know, eating popcorn. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. It's just it's a it's a world, I guess, because I'm I'm quite long in the tooth now. So for me, I'm having a I'm having a big struggle and always had with the virtual world. Um, and I'm not really a fan of it on any level. But but. That said, I understand how other people enjoy it and, and take advantage of it, what you're talking about, you know? Um, I like to think, the only thing I worry, and I worry this about everything that we do, is that if we only do one kind of thing one way, we don't get to experience the things the other way. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I think hybrid events are gonna be a thing yeah. where you have, you know, people consent that there's cameras in certain play spaces so that people can come in virtually and then hopefully mm -hmm. people get to come and, and, and experience things. I mean, there was also stuff about, you know, disability and things and that virtual sometimes makes it more accessible mm -hmm. and sometimes less. And I'm really looking forward to, to the, you know, I mean, I am looking forward to going back to live events, although I don't, I don't know how I feel about the way that we used to do live events. Well, yeah. you know, may, maybe what you're saying is, when we do go back, we've learned some things. And, you know, I mean, I guess that's at the end of the day, you hope that all of these things, the negative things that have happened in our lives, we at least learn something from. So maybe we learn something in that you're saying we we go back to a live event, said, you know what, Don't, that didn't really work for us, but we used to do it because it was the only game in town. And maybe now we know, well, you know, this is not the only way to do it. So maybe the things we don't we weren't comfortable with or didn't really work all that well, we can change a little bit because, hey, we do have this alternative where we can do it virtually. So if we're going to do it live, 
let's make it the best it can be live in this way. Well, and I do think, and, and I do think, I do think it brings up a lot of issues for people in terms of how they interact mm-hmm. and, and their views about safety. And I, I'm, I mean, I'm long enough in the tooth to remember the AIDS crisis in a way mm-hmm. that, you know, some other people don't, I mean, be, yes. to be in the thick of that yes. and remembering, you know, people's response to having to use condoms and things. Um, and it's a similar response to this, you know, it's, mm-hmm. I don't want to wear masks. I don't want to get right. vaccinated. Um, of course, this is much easier to spread than AIDS. Right. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, and yeah. just as deadly. And, you know, for people who are thinking it's not like it, it is just as deadly. So let's, you know, mm-hmm. um, but this is more easy to spread than AIDS. And we're having the same kinds of issues in, in mm-hmm. community in the King community, um, in, in sex positive communities that we had in the AIDS crisis with people, you know, being very much either being over paranoid, right. Uh, Or, or being, um, over lax. And I think that's something that we're going to have to sort out before we can have good live events. I mean, I, I know, I know, I know of a live event happening in, um, um, in, in early July. Mm-hmm. And I know some people who are going to it. I, there's no way you would get me going to a live event this July. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I, I I think I know a couple that were happening that Chris and I had taught at. I think in uh, in an area in mid the mid country, in the middle yeah. of this country, in uh, our country, U.S. And uh, yeah, it seems to be that people are opening up, and you know, we, we don't we don't. I think generally we don't do well not being around each other. It's very difficult. You know, yeah. and I, and I and I think what what you see is people's reaction to that. We 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 don't even virtually. You can only do this for so long until if that's all you're doing. That's true of anything. If it's th- the one thing you're doing is the only thing you've been doing for so long, you start to go a little bug house. You're like, I got to do something different. That's all. You know. Well, I, <laughs> I guess I guess for me, what it is is it doesn't seem people are really taking account, um, in of of what it's going to take to keep people safe and keep themselves safe. So, you know, we have a group of friends where we're counting the time until they're able to get on a plane and come here. Mm. Um, I think we think they're going to come here before we go there. That That's just what yeah, it looks like I, right now, or we're going to be able to go there. And in the meantime, we do virtual stuff, but, but it's one of those things where it's, whereas I used to go to, to, to very large events and not yeah. think twice about it. I, yeah. I'm somebody who is extra susceptible even after being vaccinated. So mm. I'm somebody who I don't know that I'm going to find it that easy to go to a ver- to loads of very large events. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, those of us th- that skirt the, the music business are, are thinking of, you know, what, what's happened and what's going to happen and where we're at. Um, and, uh, you know, I have no idea. I mean, I, I really have no answer. I just, I just kind of go, well, you know, I a just kind of different though. Like I wouldn't, I would go to a concert. I would go mm. to a concert cause I could wear a mask if I wanted to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, but, but, a, but an event where there's physical contact is different. Oh, absolutely. No, I, I think, you know, it's funny too, because over the years, concerts, the concert experience has gotten worse for me because people are standing there with their cell phones. Right. And yeah, I, no, I, I, I hate wanna, that. I hate that. I don't want to be, I don't want to go to a concert like that. So I don't know if I want to go to a concert where people are masked. I, I think I would find that not fun either. So I think that 
the degrees of things that you're going to tolerate. I get for want of a better word. Um, I, you mean, know, I, I, know people- I don't mind masks as long as I'm allowed to sing. Right. I don't mind masks because I sing throughout throughout most concerts. I, I find yeah. I find phones really annoying. I mean, yeah, I and, have and taken things, the yeah, odd yeah. picture at a concert, but I find it. Like oh yeah, no, that that's just ridiculous. People stand there and watch through their. Phones. I'm like, what? They're what? I'm like, are you there? Or are you not there? What do you do? You know, and I, you know, and I, I have buddies that are going to Vegas now because Vegas is so cheap you to get there. But my point is about Vegas is less about the health thing as is fun. the fun part to me about Vegas was the fact that everybody was on top of each other and it was crushed and it was crazy and wacky and noise. That's what I loved about Vegas. Yeah, well, but I don't I don't want to go now because it's a diminished experience. Like if I can't have people like fall on top of me with a place in a bet, like I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's not fun to me. It doesn't that's not fun. Oh god, so, that sounds and this just highlights, okay, everybody, so you know different strokes for different folks. Yeah, yeah. The thought of all the people falling on me makes me I see I, I love that. I hate I, that. But I but you know what I don't want it all the time. I want it for a weekend when I go to Vegas. Um no. but I, I, but I don't have a desire to go now because the, the experience would be diminished for me. First of all, you, you know, the way they've set up the casinos now that everything's separated. It's the, it's just not interesting. I walk into a store with my mask on and I, and I don't, and I'm feeling like I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm Jesse James. I'm going to hold up the place. You know, like it just, it just doesn't, it's just so. It's just, it's just, you know, it's so funny for me because I, I I guess it's just because it's so necessary for us. It's become a part of life. We don't go out a lot, but when we do, I yeah. don't even think twice about it. You know, um, I remember at the beginning where the first few times that I went out and I'd be putting on lipstick is like, even when I don't put makeup on, I like to yeah. put lipstick on. I, I, I like, yeah. I'm a lipstick whore. So that's what I like right. to do. And I was going to and trying to put on lipstick and, and realizing that I'd put lipstick on and of course it'd be on on the mask nobody was gonna see it yeah you know something for video not it's just it's a weird it's a weird thing like because i noticed like you know when you're in a store and you you give somebody you usually would give somebody a a a a non-verbal cue that oh you can get in front of me in line so you'd smile yeah well you're you're, and that's gone well you have to look here you have to look at the eyes. The other thing that's difficult, and I certainly find this difficult, um, is I'm hard of hearing and I do wear hearing aids, although, you know, okay. a lot of times I don't wear hearing. There are certain things I can't wear them for. If I'm getting yeah. my hair done, I don't wear my hearing aids because I'm getting my hair done and yeah. they'll get Your destroyed. Hair. They're expensive. Right. Right? <laughs> right. So I don't wear my hearing aids. But so I rely on lip reading an awful lot. Yes. And yes. Um, and this masks has absolutely killed that. Yes. Oh, it's difficult. It's very incredibly difficult. difficult because I can't lip read anybody. And I've noticed the same with other people who probably aren't even aware they're relying on lip reading. We went to vote the other day because um, we had elections here on Thursday. Mm. And um, the guy behind the perspex at the voting, yeah. the voting station um, was really hard of hearing and couldn't understand what I was saying. And he, mm-hmm. he had no way to read my lips. And I mm-hmm. almost, I came really close to saying, give me the pencil and I will write it down. These are the, and not only that, you say this, I'm thinking of a, a very practical thing. And it's true of people like you and I who are extraordinarily attractive. If we can't use our faces to get what we want, it's very difficult, you know, because when you got the dipples that we have, I mean, these are these are things that I use all the time of to get my you way. Do. It's a superpower. Now, you know, I can't use my superpower, which always was my punum. 
So, you know, if I can't use my face, I mean, what do I got at this point? I, my, my, my rapier-like wit? Come on. Let's just sit down. I mean, I mean, certainly I've noticed that, you know, we, we're now paying attention to expression around the eyes, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So thank you so much for this. This has been great. Oh, thank um, you. I hope you guys have a great week. If you want to find Back Ralph, out. well, one of the easiest ways to find Ralph is to go check out Licking Non-Vanilla Podcast. Please go check that out. That's fantastic. Yes, Are there okay. other places they want to find you in particular uh, right now? Uh, you, you know what? I, I have my, my music site is up. So if they want to go to ralphgrecomusic.com, that's R-E-L-P-H-G-R-E-C-O-M-U-S-I-C, right? Yeah, music, Ralph Greco Music. So I have a YouTube page and, and a regular page for the music. Um, cool. So that's that's where you can find me, so. You know, but I, but again, this has been as always wonderful. So wonderful to see you and it's wonderful to talk to you and wonderful to, to share with your, with your listeners. And I wish you all the best for everything, of course, but the upcoming week with the, with the anniversary and all that great stuff. Should be fun. Um, sure. So you guys be safe next week. Um, come tune into some of the anniversary events. We've got, uh, oh, let me just see what we've got coming up so I can actually tell you about them. On uh, Tuesday, the 11th, there's an Instagram Live at 10 on, that's British time. So it's 5 p.m. Eastern. And um, a Facebook Live, British time at um, uh, 12.30 a.m., which is uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. On the 13th, which is the actual anniversary day. Um, my live podcast, A to Z of Sex, is going to be about that. And there's a TikTok live at 11, and that's at 7 p.m. or 2 p.m. Eastern. There's a TikTok live at uh, 11 p.m. or 6 p.m. Eastern, and an Instagram live at 11.30 p.m., which is 6.30 p.m. Eastern. And on Friday, the 14th, there's a Clubhouse live at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. UK. And that is it for lives in the next week. And on all of those things, there will be giveaways of erotica. So you want to tune in to see if you can either get tickets to the virtual event, which is going to be amazing, amazing, amazing again, or... um, or some some of the erotica, either one of the three books that I put out in the last year. See you all. Cool. They gotta find you. They gotta join up and find you. Do that and get in there and do that and have fun. Yeah, we're gonna have a ball. Cool. Thanks for joining me on this erotic adventure. Join me again next week for more exciting erotica. Visit my websites, drlauribethbisbee.com and drlauribethbisbee.press for more information about what I'm doing and what services are available. Check out my weekly internet radio show, The A to Z of Sex, on the Health and Wellness Channel, voiceamerica.com, Thursdays at 11 a.m. PST, 2 p.m. EST, 7 p.m. BST, and that's a live show. If you've got suggestions for this show or authors you'd like to hear, email me at laurybeth.com at drlauribethbisbee.press. Have a great week.